Welcome to Gateway Church Wirral Online. We're so delighted that you're with us this morning. So great that you can be a part of our live streamed gathering. Just to welcome you to this space and what we're all about. Um, to say that we as a church, we're all about seeing people meet with God, encounter him for all his goodness and his grace and for lives to be changed by him. As a church, we want to see a world transformed, made better and better through every life transformed by the grace of God. So our hope and our prayer for you today, meet with Jesus in the things that we're saying, in the things that we're singing, in the way that we're opening up the word of God, which is alive for us today. We want you to know Jesus, know that he loves you, know that he has a plan for your life. And as we're going through our gathering this morning, do please connect with us here in this live stream space. You can fill in our connection card. The tab, I think, is at the top of your screen. Request prayer if you'd like to. There are great, friendly people who would love to pray with you. And do just connect with us in any and every way that you'd love to. As a church, we gather. That's what we're about today. When we come to the close of our gathering, I'll tell you how you can connect with us going forward into the week. So have a really great time. Be blessed. Enjoy yourself and enjoy Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. How good is it to worship the Lord together, church? Isn't it amazing? Well, good morning. How are we this morning, church? Are we well? Are we good? Are we full of energy and life? I hope so. Right. You may take your seats, but not the kids. Kids, I want you to get a better view. We've got a lovely big space, so come on down and let's fill this space. Shall we give our kids a cheer as they come on down this morning? Come on down. Here we go. Good job. That's it. Come and sit. Parents, you're welcome to join if some are, if some are unsure. Oh, it's so wonderful to see so many children in the building praising the Lord Jesus together with their families, isn't it? Fantastic. Good morning, Gateway Kids. Good morning. Okay, this morning, I'm going to need some helpers on the stage with me. So put your hands up if you think you're brave enough to come on up here with me and help me out a little bit. Come on then, Uber. Come on then, Bella. Let's see. Come on then, Lilia, do you want to come up? Come on then. Abby, do you want to come up? Come on then. Should we give our volunteers a big round of applause too? How brave. Good job. Come and stand here. Let's stand in a lovely line. There we go. Bella, Oba. There we go. There we go. That's it. And you can smile at your grown-ups. There we go. Okay. We want to see everybody, don't we? Okay. I'm going to give you all something to look after and keep really, really safe for me. Okay. Oh, Abby, you're going to have to have the sticky socks. Oh, grab those for me. Keep them safe. Oh, promise they've been cleaned once at some point. Right, let's see. Can we, can we keep this ball nice and safe, less stinky? There we go. There we go. Now, over. Okay. Now, I've been told by Adam, to, to leave it plugged in, that's okay. But I've been told by Adam that it's okay. He knows who your mum and dad are. And he'll send them the bill. Okay. Can you keep that safe? Oh. There we go. Okay. And then, Bella, you're just going to be Bella. Is that okay? You're just going to be you? Woo! Okay. 
So we've got lots of different things here. We've got stinky socks that Abby's made really stinky. We've got a ball, we've got a guitar, and we've got a person. Bella represents all of us. Okay, she's all of us. And I want to go one by one through each of these things. Now, these socks, I've had a long, hard think, and I think I know what they were made for. Are you ready, Abby? They were made as a hat to go on our head. Is that what? Is that what? No. Let me. Okay. Let me have a think. Got it. Ready? Armpit covers. No. What are they for? To put on our feet. To put on our feet. There we go. Thank you. You keep hold for me. Okay. To put on our feet. That's the purpose that they were designed for. They were created to keep our feet nice and warm. If we step in something gross, but we got our socks on, whip our socks off, we're good to go. You haven't had a bath in a couple of weeks. Feet smell, just stick some socks on. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Socks have a proper purpose, don't they? Yeah. Okay, but what about the ball then? Okay, do all of these things have the same purpose? The ball, could I put that on my feet and it will keep my feet toasty warm? No. What, what about, oh, I see a hole. Could I, say still over, could I, is that what the guitar's for? Could it keep my feet toasty warm? No. <laughs> it's not what the guitar's for either. And now, I think if I wrap Bella around my feet, she might keep me a little bit warm, but I won't be able to go very far. So I don't think that's what Bella's for either. Okay, so we must have something different. Okay, one of these then, I think, is for throwing and catching and bouncing and kicking. Which one is for that? Adam, go long. No. <laughs> No, I don't think it's the guitar. Oh. I don't think it's Bella. Oh, it's the ball. Perfect for throwing, bouncing, kicking, playing games with, isn't it? Okay, so what is the guitar really for then? To play. To play, to play music, to play music. You're right. Okay, so everything here it looks like then was created for a different purpose. And so what about Bella? Was she created for a purpose? She was. And Bella represents all of us. Now, all of us have been created. Now, all of these things, our stinky socks and our ball and our guitar, they've been created by people or machines in a factory. Now, Bella didn't come from a factory. Who created Bella? Lucas. God, God created Bella. God created all of us. And he took time. And he poured love out of us and created something as amazing as Bella. And so just like everything here has a purpose, they don't have the same purpose. We, we couldn't really throw Adam's guitar. It wouldn't really achieve its purpose of making music. And I couldn't use Bella's, uh, Abby's stinky socks to make music. No, and, and, and the ball wouldn't keep my feet warm. So they've all got a specific, unique purpose. And so do we. We have a purpose as well. Now, each one of us, everyone around this room, not just us kids, all your grown-ups too, we're all different and we've got our own unique purpose. But together, like we're all sat together right now, as one body, like it says in the Bible, one family, the church all together, we have 
a purpose altogether as well. And Jesus told us what that was. Jesus told us that he wanted us to go out into the world and make cake. Lucas thinks that's a good idea. To go out into the world and make ice cream. Well, what are we supposed to do? Go out into the world and make, shout it out. Disciples. Disciples. Good job. Now, we make disciples by never, ever, 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 ever stopping to talk about Jesus and how amazing he is. And by loving people, showing them God's love, by showing them God's joy and gentleness and kindness, all those ways. But that can sound a little bit scary, can't it? It can sound a little bit scary to that big purpose of going out into the whole wide world and making disciples. It can sound really scary. But it doesn't need to be at all. And in fact, I want to show you that there's something a little bit similar about our people and one of our objects. Now, Lilia, hold that ball up really, really high. Hold that ball up really high for us so we can see. There we go. Good job. Now, this ball, it started out like this. Yeah. And it can't really achieve its purpose there. I don't think it can bounce. No. It can't really achieve its purpose like that. It had to be filled up with air. A little bit like that. We need to be filled too. No, we're not filled with air. We're not filled with air. But we're filled with something if we ask for it. Because Jesus told us right before he went up to heaven, he said, don't worry, you might not see me right here on earth for a little while, but I'm going to ask my father to send cake. No. What was he going to send? What does a door represent? The Holy Spirit. Good job. He said he was going to send the Holy Spirit. So like our ball needs to be filled and filled and filled with air so that it can achieve its purpose of being nice and bouncy. We, if we want to achieve our purpose, we need to be asking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit protects us it guides us it keeps us safe so we don't have to be scared when we're full of the Holy Spirit we can be bold and we can be brave and courageous and I'm going to show you how let me get this I'm going to need another helper again over I'm really I'm just going to make Adam feel a bit better there we go there we go you're welcome that heart rate can slow down unless it falls off there then it wasn't me okay Put it down here so we can see. Now, this water represents the world. And the, the scary things that make us a little bit nervous and a little bit scared. And when we're going out into the world, here we are. Here's, here's us at a little napkin. Look at us. I could say something about how it's so white and it's been washed clean. That's us, it's our napkin. And I'm going to scrunch us up. And this glass is going to be the Holy Spirit and how it protects us. I'm going to pop us inside. There we go. And the Holy Spirit keeps us really, really safe. And in fact, it keeps everybody safe. Let's put some more people in. 
There we go. Whoever asks to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to keep them safe, protect them so that they can go and they can be bold and they can be brave and they don't need to fear anything. They can achieve their purpose because they've got the Holy Spirit with them. Bless you, sweetie. Would you like a tissue? I tell you what, do you want to help me with this? Come on then, come and push us down out into the world. Let's push it down. Can you push it for me? Oh, we're going into the world. We're going to get soggy. It's going to be super scary. Let's have a look. Bella, can you pull us out? Is it all soggy? We've been protected by the Holy Spirit. So we haven't got to worry about all the scariness. It might seem scary to go out into the world and tell people how much you love Jesus and and show them your love and the kindness and the gentleness of God. But we're protected by the Holy Spirit. So we have nothing to fear. We can be brave and bold and courageous. Isn't that amazing? Look at us. Good job. So... Does that sound like a good thing? I think it does. Would you like to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Yeah. Now that is my prayer, do you know, for all of you and for everybody here and for myself. That every single day, not just once, every single day, we would be filled with the Holy Spirit so we can achieve our purpose and we can be brave and bold and courageous. Amen. Amen. Should we give our kids a round of applause? well done to our wonderful helpers too right kids you can go back to your seats and as you go I want you to be thinking what you can do this week to be brave and bold in the name of Jesus let's go give them a clap as they go back to their seats a wonderfully good thing, a powerfully good thing for us to to sing and declare, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Can we we ensure that that is our truth as a church? What what is it to, to make welcome the Spirit of the living God? It's important that we be present well done for being physically present that's a great start are are you present mentally and emotionally have you been caught up in the worries and the cares of the the week to come or the the struggles and the strifes of the week that has passed The, the scripture teaches us that Jesus invites us he makes it a profound and powerful welcome that will enable all of the welcome and he says come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So just for a moment or two, can I invite you to cast your burdens on Jesus, cast your cares upon him, because he cares for you. Could you do that for a moment? Whether you want to do it out loud, or whether you want to do it quietly in your heart, perhaps you want to signify that by just lifting your hands, presenting those burdens, those worries, those cares to him, and hand them over. 
Jesus, we thank you for your love. And we thank you for your welcome, your invitation, your strength. Lord Jesus Christ, even as we cast our cares, we declare, Lord Jesus, your grace is sufficient for all and each and every one of us. We thank you, Jesus, that your mercies are new every morning, and that is true today. God, you are good. We're coming into the welcome of Jesus. The Bible teaches us also that he has washed us clean by the shedding of his blood. This is not something that we take lightly, that though we are positionally righteous, can enter into the presence of God through Jesus Christ. We continually consecrate ourselves in light of that truth. It may be this morning that there can be an issue with either coming into the welcome of God or for us welcoming the Spirit into our lives because of perhaps patterns of sinful behavior that we're wrestling with and maybe failing in or, or maybe instances The Bible teaches us in 1 John 1 and verse 9 that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and He is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so I would invite you, present yourself as a living sacrifice to God. Confess your sin. Turn again to him this morning. Throw yourself upon his mercy. Jesus, would you have your way among us? Lord Jesus Christ, as the pastor of this church, the under-shepherd, under you, our great and good shepherd, I come before you on behalf of my brothers and sisters, and we say, Lord Jesus, you are wholly and completely faithful, and you are forming us in the way of faithfulness, and we thank you. Lord Jesus Christ, we do acknowledge and confess before you that sometimes and more often than we would like, we are faithless. God, would you forgive us? Would you cleanse us? Jesus, we know that we can ask of you that you would not take your spirit from us, but that, God, you would renew a right spirit within us. That, Jesus, you would continue in this work of cleaning our hearts, Uh, And not only that singular work of salvation, but that ongoing work of salvation, form our hearts like unto your glorious and good heart. Make us like you. And Jesus, we then are inviting you. Here we are, living stones that you have put together to form the place of your dwelling. Fill us afresh with your Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. Fill us afresh with your Spirit. And I wonder, church, is there anybody here that is passionate to be filled afresh with the Spirit of God? And can I ask you, let's frame this not as as an individual experience, but as a corporate one. 
that we're longing for one another and all together, the very church of Jesus Christ, that we would be filled with the Spirit of the living God in mighty and great and ever-increasing measure. And if there is anyone in this place or even via the live stream that is joining with me in this prayer, would you lift your hands to the Lord? Would you lift your hearts to God? And would you lift your voices to your Savior and say, Father God, for the sake of your Son, Jesus, fill us with your Spirit. Come on, church, lift your voice. And however it is you're calling on the name of the Lord, call on Him this morning call on him and say, fill us, dear God. Fill us, dear God, with your spirit. Come on, church, lift your voices. Don't be shy. Oh, fill us with your spirit. Yeah, lead us. Come on, come on. Fill us with your spirit. Oh, fill us, Lord. Yes, fill us, Lord. Yes, fill us, Lord. Oh, fill us with your Spirit, O God. Oh, fill us, Lord. Oh, we long for you. We need you. Oh, we long for you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, yes, let us, Lord. Oh, the glory. Oh, let us more away. Of your praise, let us experience the glory of your goodness.
we're going to come around the word of God before we come again to celebrate the presence of the spirit of the living God with us but perhaps just before we take to our seats just to uh, perhaps meditate upon what it might be to be overcome by the presence of the spirit of God and, and dare I say it, it's more than a feeling I think we know this I hope we know this it's more than a feeling we reflect upon the fact that the Holy Spirit is described, amongst other things, as a comforter. But he was described as such to those who were being sent in suffering sacrifice and, for the most part, to their death. And so it seems fairly obvious they would need a comforter. But comfort is not a cuddle. And it's been described to me, and it seems a fair representation of the New Testament, that God comes to comfort the disturbed, but to disturb the comfortable. And so my prayer would be for you and each of us as we come around God's Word, that if you're coming this morning, if you're joining us one way or another this morning, and you're knowing uh, significant or particular disturbances in your life, your circumstances amongst your loved ones, that the Holy Spirit would do a miraculous and powerful work in your life to bring His comfort. Come on, church. Would anyone say amen with me this morning? But my prayer also is that if any of us this morning are comfortable in our circumstances, then just as the Holy Spirit coming upon Jesus at his baptism then drove him out into the wilderness, that the Holy Spirit would disturb us also in our comfort. Oh, thank you for saying amen to that one. God bless you. <laughs> I wasn't sure whether you were going to. But amen and amen. And you're more than welcome to take your seat for a moment or two. Um, just to say, um, having had that wonderful family slot, that kids slot this morning, um, those of you who have been part of our gatherings, you'll understand that that means we've not got the formal ch children's program during the Word. Um, but if you do find that your kids need a place and a space to run around and, and make a bit of noise, um, our downstairs space is dry. Um, and it is available to you. So if you need a bit of space where you can be a bit more noisy, not the parents, uh, unless you need to be, 
uh, that the kids, and if you need a bit of space to move around, then, then do so. I hope, I think all the children have received their, their family packs as well. And just to remind you that at the conclusion of our gathering, we have our family's reception this morning, uh, and I and the, the youth children and families team are going to be making presentations this morning. So don't rush off families. Uh, we've made loads of effort, and we also have loads of food. Can I get a hallelujah for loads of food? Um, it's not for you, Tim. Don't get excited. Sorry, buddy. I'll take you out for lunch another time. Is that all right? Okay. You, you have to hold me to that now. All right. Um, we're going to come around the Word of God together, and we've been considering what it is to remember. To remember. Yeah? To remember how it is, when it was, who our God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this morning, uh, perhaps it'll come as no surprise, we're going to be remembering the moving and the, the person and the work of the Holy Spirit who is with us, who is with us. The Spirit is with us, and we're so glad. Um, you know, every time that we come to talk about, you know, making the Holy Spirit welcome, I often find myself reminded, strangely enough, of a passage in 2 Kings 4. Um, and this is not what we're going to preach about, really, this morning, but I wanted to share it with you. And you, if you've been around the church, you've probably heard me share it a thousand times. It's a story of Elisha, who was the man of God. And then there's a woman. She was a wealthy woman, but that's not too pertinent right now um, in a place called Shunem. And the man of God used to pass by. I guess they lived on a, a fairly kind of common route. And they would welcome the man of God, this this. Um, this woman and her husband, they would welcome the man of God to come and eat with them. And, and after a time, uh, this lady determined that she wanted to host this gentleman, that it wouldn't just be a fact that he would pass by or there would be momentary encounter, that there'd be a nice meal and a nice little experience, but that there would be an ongoing presence. And what she was recognizing was that she wasn't just hosting Elisha, but she was hosting the Spirit of God who was upon him. And working through him. Time doesn't permit us to unpack the whole story, but hosting the man of God meant that she built a whole new room. She built an extension on the roof, and, uh, and then she, she furnished it. This was a costly procedure that was full of thought. It took time and effort, and she considered what would be necessary such that the man of God would be able to stay with them. And so my concluding thought as we come in from our time of worship into the Word is, um, what thought have you given to hosting the Holy Spirit? What cost have you paid in order to host the Holy Spirit? Or are you content just to have the passing experience of the Holy Spirit? Uh, far too many of us, are, we're very content with the passing experience. You know, and a nice band leads us in a nice song and we feel nice. And I, I don't decry any of those things. I like to feel nice as much as the next person. But I want to host the presence of the Holy Spirit in an ever-increasing measure. Are we willing to pay the price? This morning, um, and if you've got a Bible with you, you've got your Bible app, and if you're on with a live stream, you can just click the Bible tab right there and it will be with you. We're going to head into Acts chapter 4. Um, and we're going to be spending most of our time right there this morning. So you can hang out in Acts chapter 4. Acts is the, uh, sometimes it's referred to as the Acts of the Apostles. Um, but in a broader and perhaps deeper and truer sense, it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. 
in and through his church and his servants. Is anybody here a servant of the living God? Yeah? Yeah, amen. We are servants of the living God. And that's not a grand thing to say. I think sometimes we have these false humilities about these things. Not so. God commissions, and we get to be obedient. And that's a really good thing. And so God was doing amazing things through commissioned, obedient, spirit-filled people. And that's where we're going to hang out this morning. But we're going to understand that spirit-filled communities are storytelling communities. Does anybody like a good story? I love a good story. I love it. There are many good things about having kids. There are one or two slightly sketchy things, but we're not going to you know, labor on those things. There are many good things about having kids, but just the, the fact of sitting down at the end of every day and indulging my predilection for using my varied um, set of accents and silly voices in telling a story, is, it's one of the most joyous things in the world. If any of you aren't getting the opportunity to sit down and tell a story with funny voices on a regular basis, I feel for you. I genuinely do. You need to find a location for this. Um, some of you got teenage kids. They've not got away with this. Sit them down and say, I am going to do a Cockney accent in front of you. And you will be seated and you will enjoy this. Uh, come on, you need this in your life. I enjoy, I enjoy a good story. I enjoy telling a good story. I enjoy hearing good story. Um, but, but when we are filled with the Spirit, we get to tell the story of God. The story of God. That He is redeeming and renewing all of creation. And does anybody know He's coming again? Because He's going to make it so good that He wants to come and receive it to Himself. He's going to make you so good that He's going to come back for you. Did you know that? Oh, come on, you miserable bunch. He's not half-hearted about this. Do you know he's making you that good? He's journeying you towards perfection. Are you feeling it? Yeah? Hmm, come on. <laughs> oh, you are a miserable old bunch. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. The story of God. It's been forming us over these past couple of weeks as we've considered things like um, creation and then exodus from slavery, Passover, the covering of us, uh, not because of our goodness, but because of his goodness and provision, that the last supper and the means, the ultimate means of the grace of God in salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We've been considering all of these things, the person and work of Jesus. Anybody here think that Jesus is beautiful? Anybody here? He's so good. He's so good, and we've been reminding ourselves, remindering, we've been doing something with ourselves, but we've been reminding ourselves that we need to look to Jesus. He's the author of your faith, and do you know he wants to perfect it? Have I mentioned that this morning, that Jesus is perfecting you? Oh, some of you, are, you're rebelling against the perfecting work of Christ in your life. Come on, people, come on. Would it help if I said he's maturing you? No, that might not help, actually. Some of you are like, <laughs> I'm mature enough. Um, okay, anyhow. God is doing a good work. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. If we are to share this story and all of the mini stories, and when I say mini stories, I don't mean they're lesser stories. I just mean they're your part of the story and the bits and bobs and the incredible things that God has been doing in your life. You know, he's, he is redeeming and renewing all things, but that doesn't mean he's not intimately and powerfully invested in redeeming and renewing you. I, I think it's true to say that if it was just you, then, then God would be just as invested. 
redeeming and renewing. Your story, our story. If we share these stories of the faithfulness of God, our faith rises. If you immerse yourself in the stories of God, scriptural, in community, as he is doing a new thing in our world, your faith rises. It's not just about getting on your knees and saying, God, give me faith. It's about getting on your knees with someone else and saying, tell me how God has raised your faith and, and how can I help you? And all these things that we've been talking about recently from Hebrews 10 of encouraging one another. I'm not very good at encouraging myself. I don't know whether I'm the only one, but I'm not. I, you know, it might surprise you, but I could be a miserable so-and-so. I'm, really, I'm never quite sure when you laugh, whether you're laughing in recognition or in disbelief. <laughs> but I can be. And I guess a few of you can be. One, if two of you, maybe not many of you. We're not very good at encouraging, filling ourselves with encouragement. But we can encourage one another. We need to hear the stories of the grace of God. One to another, build a culture of, of not just storytelling, but courageous storytelling, of bold storytelling, of, of being willing to tell your story, even though it might not yet be finished. I think some of us think, well, I'll tell my story when I'm perfect. Well, fine, we can do that together in heaven. But you're not going to tell anything until we get there. Come on. Courageous storytelling of this is how far God has brought me. This is what he's done. And I feel like a total wreck today, but I'm going to praise God anyway. Have you ever experienced something so good that you had to tell other people about it? Have you? Three people. I've experienced something so... I went for a coffee with somebody um, just last week, I think it was, and, and they, um, they made a confession to me. Don't worry, we're not turned Catholic or anything. It wasn't like in a box in a corner of a room or anything. But, um, they made a confession to me that since the 24th of March in 2019, until the beginning of this pandemic time that we've been going, they made an unofficial and yet very accurate tally of the number of times that your pastor, whom you love and respect, can just let that land there for a moment, um, just how many times I have made reference to food in preaching. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know, maybe some of you are like, well, that's only in single digits, surely, Pastor Greg? Two digits? Well, we reach three digits. In fact, in that one-year period, I made reference to food 104 times in preaching. I want to point out I made reference to Jesus a lot more than that. <laughs> Hallelujah. But um, 104 times, that's twice a week. That's actually twice a week when I've been preaching. And, and still none of you have said, Pastor Greg must be hungry. Let's feed him. <laughs> Come on, people. How much more hinting do you need? Some things came up just once, um, like garlic. Why would I mention garlic? I don't really know. Um, some things came up more often. Pigs in blankets came up three times. I'm assuming that was around Christmas. Could just have been any time. So would you believe sprouts came up five times? Sprouts. KFC came up twice. Hot cross buns twice. Coffee nine times, because how do you live without coffee? I don't know. Um, curry. Praise the Lord. Can I get an amen nine times? 
And apparently on one occasion, and this is what was quoted verbatim back to me, I, apparently I on one occasion said, no joke, that curry was destined by the grace of God to dwell richly within me. <laughs> apparently I said that on one occasion. I, can, I'm feeling the Holy Spirit moving right now. <laughs> I don't know. Woo! <laughs> come on, come on. It's not curry afterwards. Sorry, families. It's... Uh, other stuff that's going to be good. Have you ever experienced something or, or thought about something so much that you couldn't just shut up about it? Clearly your pastor has. But come on, how about the rest of us? You know, sometimes we think that the, the big E word, evangelism, which has at its core good news. Good newsism. Is anybody here a good news person? Oh, there's two of you again. We're getting there. A few heads nodding. What, was there something called the bad news bears? Was that, is, am I imagining something? Is there a thing? Bad something? No. I am. Good news people. Let's get back on track. Be good news people. Sometimes we think evangelism, we caricature kind of things like this. And we think it's about forcing ourselves to force someone else to sit down and be still while we tell them every single thing about Jesus. Last week, you had the invitation to sign yourselves up for the Neighborhood Prayer Network. And I, I know some of you did. I hope many more of you are going to do it. Um, do it. And the invitation was to adopt your street in prayer. And, and the model was like this. Pray daily. Care weekly. And share monthly. Just share something of the good news of Jesus once a month. Did you know that that is fulfilling the mandate that God has placed upon you? to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel and begin to make disciples and see what God will do. You know, we give ourselves perhaps a free pass with caricatures of evangelistic behavior. Now, not every single one of us is going to be a capital E evangelist and have a particular gifting in that area. But let me tell you, every single person who has been saved by the love of Jesus Christ is by his commission and his command a witness a witness to the cross, to the resurrection, to what he has done in your life and my life, how we died to sin and we rose again to the newness of life. I was going to say the fullness of life, but some of your faces, I'm not so sure. Come on. Witness. Remembering of stories of God's faithfulness. It grows faith within our, our church, our community. It causes us to become more open to the Spirit's leading in our lives and Come on, we're going to dive into Acts chapter 4 for just the next few moments. Uh, learn a few things, and then we're going to come to celebrate God. In Acts chapter 4, we have this brilliant insight into how the, the first followers of Jesus witnessed about Jesus. And in Acts chapter 4, the focus is perhaps particularly upon Peter and John. Peter does most of the talking does anybody know anybody like that who does most of the talking? Yeah. Um, but they had had a profound encounter with Jesus. And it changed everything about them. Everything about them. You know, the conclusion of the chapter 4 shows how all the people who'd had this profound encounter with Jesus, their lives looked very different to everyone around them. They looked somewhat different, perhaps, if we look at ourselves. But if you were to journey a little earlier from like chapter 3, you'll find that Peter and John, because of their encounter with Jesus, they were people who prized the place of prayer. 
because they'd walked and talked with Jesus, they wanted to do it at every opportunity. Every opportunity. We have to challenge ourselves sometimes, don't we? You know, we say we've met with Jesus, but then we don't really ever want to talk to him. Or ever really want to listen to him. And I'm not sure then you've met the same Jesus as me. Because I like my Jesus. He's pretty good. And so Peter and John, they were going to the temple to pray. You don't have to do it just there, but it's an excellent place to do it. You don't have to just be a Christian in a church building, but it is a great place to do it amongst all the others. And as they were going, they meet upon this person and this profound moment of encounter happens for him and he's healed. And as we used to sing in Sunday school, he went walking and leaping and praising God. Does anybody remember these happy days? Yeah, wonderful stuff. And then it all kicks off. Because when God breaks into a world of need, it all gets a bit funny and a bit wondrously funny. And Peter and John, they get arrested uh, by the officers of the temple courts and the, the Sadducees. And, you know, we don't get to talk about Sadducees very often. Um, so we're going to bring out that old joke again. You, you know where I'm going. They didn't believe in the resurrection. It says that they were really angry with Peter and John for, for preaching the resurrection. Um, and that was why they wanted to arrest them. And, and you know, they, they didn't believe that anyone rose again to new life in God. And that's why they were sad, you see. Do you like that? Do you like that? But a few of you, it's like that's the first time you've heard that. I don't know. I feel like we've been missing something. But they arrest Peter and John. They lock them up. And then they're going to question them. And they're going to come at them, oppose them. They're going to try and convince them or compel them uh, to stop what they're doing. Um, and the story is absolutely stunning. Um, and in this story, there comes just this wonderful way of us understanding how it is that we witness how it is that we witness. And the first thing we want to understand is that in our witness, we are telling a bold story. You've perhaps heard the gospel story quite a few times. You contemplated it. And sometimes what happens is we get really excited about the gospel story. But sometimes what happens is we get a bit used to the gospel story and we think it's ordinary. Can I remind you, it's not ordinary for people anywhere for any person to die on behalf of the entire world and then pick up their life again three days later. Can I just remind you that this is not normal? Okay? I think sometimes Christians, we think this is normal. Um, you go tell anybody else that who's not a Christian about this story and they will look at you like you've lost your marbles a little bit. And that'll probably do you a lot of good. Witnessing will do you a lot of good because it will remind you of how extraordinary the gospel is. They're telling a bold story, and so they tell it boldly. Now, what do you need to tell the bold story of the good news of Jesus? Do you need a degree? Do you need hours of classroom training? Do you need any of these things? No. In verse 13 of chapter 4, we're told specifically that they perceived that Peter and John were uneducated, common men. Now, knowing these priests and temple authorities, I imagine they probably said that to their face because they weren't very polite. They probably said to them, who are you? You're common. You're uneducated. Has anybody ever called you names? 
Yeah, well, what's your response to that? Do you let it put you down? Or do you just think, right, I'll show you. I love Peter and John because they wanted to show them. And they didn't want to show them that they weren't common or that they weren't educated. Because actually they were common and they weren't educated. So they didn't want to show them something that they weren't. They wanted to say, well, in spite of what you're lobbing at me, here's the bold truth about what a bold God has done to make bold people. They were common and uneducated, but they showed the boldness of the gospel. And even though these, uh, these people who were opposing them saw them as common and uneducated, they also saw the boldness. Uh, there's an awful lot of us, we disqualify ourselves from being witnesses because of what we don't have, but we fail to realize that we're witnesses because of what we do have. And does anybody here know that nobody can ever take the good news of Jesus Christ away from you? Three people again. Come on, I'm going for the rest of you. I'm going for the rest of you. Do you know that it's not about what you don't have, but it's about what you do have? Do you know what you got? Do you know what you got? To be a witness to Jesus Christ merely requires that you know and love Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's it. Everything else is up for grabs. It really doesn't matter too much. But if Jesus is the one whom you're following with a life made new by his grace, then that's all you need. That's all you need. God is good. But even though they saw the boldness in spite of what had happened, and they saw an awful lot besides, they still wanted Peter and John to stop speaking about this Jesus amongst that power play and that spiritual battle that's going on. And and, and what is their response in verse 20? Peter and John, it's just spilling out of them, isn't it? And they say, and I love the irony of kind of 19. There's a certain cheekiness, I think, in verse 19. Peter and John respond to being told not to talk about Jesus. And they say to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. I love that. It's like, so God's looking at us, everybody. You can decide because you're so wise and educated and not common at all like us. You can decide whether I should listen to you or to God who's watching us right now. Do you love that? I love that. Come on, some of you, you've not told any stories in funny accents recently. You're missing all of the flavor. You're missing it. But then they say this. They say, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. We can't but speak of what we have seen and heard. Take us out of the temple courts and put us in this mock court, kangaroo court, and we'll still speak in those courts about Jesus. Take us out of those places and put us in a prison, and well, the book of Acts is full of prisoners speaking about Jesus. Lock us up this place or that place will speak about Jesus. Put Paul under house arrest in Rome and he'll invite people to come to his house so he can speak about Jesus. Block up our mouths and it'll probably come out of our ears. Because Jesus is always to be spoken of. We cannot but help. These are the bold stories. I want to ask you, when you're a follower of Jesus, what stories are you sharing when you come together? 
What stories are you sharing when you come together? I was with somebody, again, um, having another coffee. This week is going to be the week when I talk about coffee the most, I think, isn't it? Um, but uh, I was with somebody, and we were having a coffee, and we were talking about the Moravians and how we, uh, we have this invitation through Bible reading, the same stuff together. We can then encourage one another. And they, and they were feeling convicted by God because they'd listened to what had been said, and God bless them for that. And they said this. They said, I can't remember the last time that that was just normal when I meet with people from church, just to say, hey, what have you been reading? And I loved their honesty in that confession, because I think if one person is confessing that, then a lot of people probably are feeling that. When we meet together, what stories are we telling? You know, you can imagine, can't you, Peter and John walking up to the temple. Now, I don't know, maybe they were talking, you know, They'll be like, you know, how about them, you know, Jerusalem Rovers last night and how they totally did over Capernaum United. Um, you know, they might have been talking about this. And, and, you know, by God's grace, they probably did mention a curry. I imagine that was true. But do you know what? I am absolutely certain that they were talking about their Savior. And as soon as somebody asked them for something, the very first thing that spilled off their lips was silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. That's what came out of them because that's what they were talking about. It was their story. It's been said that evangelism is not a specialized activity for just a few experts, but it is for everyone as they live not as they you know, practice a particular skill set, but as they live out their everyday lives empowered by the risen Jesus. Empowered by the risen Jesus. And on that sense of empowerment, and we need to speed up, my apologies, but we're going to understand that bold stories are rooted in bold prayers. Bold prayers. Now, bold prayers don't have to be loud prayers. They can be very quiet prayers. You know, there's bold prayers of a, of a woman like Hannah who is simply weeping her prayers before God in the Scriptures. Or the bold prayers of the consistency of a Simeon or an Anna who were there day in, day out, longing for the redemption of Jerusalem. A bold prayer doesn't have to be grand or showy. Unfortunately, you have a pastor who likes to be noisy. So I keep on telling you that we should be noisy. Now, when you go home, you can do it your way. But when you're here, well, let me tell No, no, no. <laughs> Bold praying fills our bold storytelling with all of its power and possibility. We pray for the boldness. And you might think, well, this is all well and good, Pastor Greg. Peter and John, there they are telling the story. But do you remember that they actually, you know, had physical dinner with the physical Jesus? So, you know, I'm counting myself out. It was all right for them, but it's not okay for me. I can't do this. Well, the end of the chapter from verses 23 onwards offers a response to our lack of confidence in prayer. See, Peter and John, they go and they share the story of what's happened. Um, they've been threatened by the authorities, but there's no means of punishing them because they've not done anything wrong. Does anybody know that it's not a bad thing to actually pray for people and see them healed? I just only ask because we don't often do it. So I wonder if maybe you thought it was a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. If somebody tells you they're not well, you're allowed to pray for them. Is that all right? I've gone down to two people. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. 
They can't be punished, so they get released. And when they get released, what do they do? Go and have a shower. No, they go to their community. They go to their family of faith. And they go and say, come on, we've had this experience. What should we do? Oh, I've got an idea. Let's pray. And they pray. And they pray and they pray and they pray this wonderful prayer, not that their circumstances would change or that God would rain down health, not hellfire, sorry, rain down fire from heaven upon the, the baddies. Has anybody ever been tempted to pray those kinds of prayers or is it just me? I love those imprecatory psalms. Anyone else? <laughs> no. What do they pray? Well, they go elsewhere in the scriptures and they understand why people rage and the people's plot in vain. Um, but they, where they go is, to, is actually to, to, to say, God, in spite of all these things and actually because of all these things and in all these things, make us bold and courageous to keep on telling the story. And I love the phrasing of this, and I don't know whether it's ever jumped out at you, but when they're praying to God, um, they say this uh, from verse 27. They, they say, in this city in Jerusalem, there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus. And they describe all the baddies. But they say, there were gathered together, verse 28, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. Does anybody know that what others mean for evil, God means for good? Does anybody know that? And I know we said it last week, but we're going to say it again, that actually God accomplishes particular and powerful things through suffering and opposition. And if you don't think so, you're reading a different book to me. Because when they prayed, they said all that opposition against Jesus was to do your plan that you predestined. And so then they pray, and now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue. Because what they're believing is not just Jesus, but us also. The same opposers, the same threats mean that God is predestined to do his plan. So give us boldness. Nothing's changed. I think far too often we spend our time in prayer saying, God, would you take away all the bad people and take away all the bad stuff? And we kind of fool ourselves into thinking that then there'll just be this kind of sunny kind of grassy plain upon which we will skip through with the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry to kind of be a little bit kind of twee and, and, and daft about it. And I hope I'm not being, well, I maybe hope I am being a bit offensive. It's not the prayer of the book of Acts. And I wonder where did we get our prayer from? God make everything nice and fine and dandy. I don't know where that prayer is. That's not to say that when we are going to accomplish his purposes, we can't come upon people who are lame and pray and see them profoundly changed and transformed and healed. God wants to heal people. But he doesn't want to heal people to make us comfy. He doesn't want to heal comfy people so they can be more comfy and just carry on being comfy and totally, utterly disregard him. I'll find that. The Holy Spirit comes to those who pray bold prayers for boldness so that they can tell this bold story in a world in need. In a world in need. And so we have Peter and John. 
bold servants of God, and it emboldens the whole community because verse 31, when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Do you see that? You see that? They prayed, but it wasn't just somehow that Peter and John were like, that they were the designated evangelists, and everyone else was like, oh, do you know what? That's not my part. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in charge of kind of cooking, or I'm in charge of welcome, or I move the chairs around, or whatever it is. Now, please don't misunderstand me, because you've got to have cooking <laughs> and welcoming and moving the chairs around. But they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak with boldness. And just, you know, within these same scriptures, we've got uh, this guy named Stephen who was picked uh, by the apostles because he was full of wisdom and the Holy Spirit to do practical work. And that's why they picked people like him and he was designated to do practical things. Practical stuff is really good. But then we see that self-same Stephen preaching one of the most startling sermons the world has ever heard in the power of the Holy Spirit and being received into glory through the moment of martyrdom. Come on, don't tell me that the Holy Spirit moving on your life is not for you. It's for everybody who will receive and believe. They prayed bold prayers. The Holy Spirit came upon them and they continued to speak. Continued to speak. I wonder if for some of us it would really help us if we knew a Peter or a John. Because we're not all Peters and Johns. It's true, isn't it? But you know what? You do know Peters and Johns. You just don't really spend too much time with them talking about the story. You know, just this week, at the beginning of this week, I was with one of our transformed communities, and we were talking a bit about kind of how we're going to go forward um, in what God is doing with us as a church. And I was sat there, and as, as your pastor often does, they, they told me to start talking, and then they wished that they probably hadn't, uh, because it went on for a while. Um, but I was talking, talking, talking. And, and as we were going through and sharing good things back and forth, I became aware of a certain lady who was sat next to me. And, and it seemed like she was just bubbling, ready to go. And, um, and then as soon as your pastor became aware of the leadership of the Holy Spirit and shut up. I thought you might say amen at that point, but you know. Then this particular lady just bubbled over and started to tell stories of how God had been leading her to share Jesus in different ways in this season and how, um, you know, it, it looked so ordinary on the face of it, but it was seeing extraordinary conversations. And I sat next to Peter or John that day. I did. And I was encouraged to pray a bold prayer and to tell a bold story. And there's an awful lot of you, and I love you very much, but you somehow seem to think that you can do this without telling the story of God one to another all the time and praying together all the time that you might be filled with the Holy Spirit all the time so that you can go and share this good news. Church, would you stand with me?
I love you very much. I love you very much. I, I, you know, as I do sometimes, I want to ask you, why did you come today? Why did you come? If you came because you, you feel that this in and of itself is the fulfillment of your Christian life, then can I say to you with all the love and care in the world that you're going to go into the rest of your life and you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be. But there's an invitation for you today to start to change your pattern of living so that you can spend time with one another, sitting down with people who are the Peters and Johns. I know some of you here, you're the Peters and Johns. And that's why I want to sit with you. And you've got an invitation to, to share this story with one another and to pray boldness into one another, to encourage one another so that together we might go and see this gospel take over our world. And if you think it's going to happen just by rocking up to a church building every once in a while or even every Sunday, God bless you for those of you who do that, then it still isn't going to accomplish what you think it's going to accomplish. Singing the song, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here, is a beautiful thing. But if that's it, then you won't be the person that we see in Acts chapter 4. Can I invite you just to reflect upon where you're at before God? And maybe you want to close your eyes or bow your heads if you're comfortable to do that. But however it is for you, can you just reflect upon your life and just do a little candid assessment right now and say, God, how much time have I spent with your people talking your story and praying for boldness in the sharing of that story? This week, who have I been with? Was I with my transformed community? Was I sat with some Peters and some Johns? And, and, did, and did they tell me something that inspired me? And did I get to tell them something that inspired them? And, and did we pray together? Not that everything would be fine and dandy, but that, God, you would fill us with courage. Did I do that this week? Come on, you feel, you feel weary, you feel weak sometimes. It's simply because we're not doing the, the plain, simple, main things of the Scriptures. You don't bypass these things to get to the powerful transformation of the world of the book of Acts. You go through these things and you go with these people to see the world transformed. There is no other way. If that was God's very first way of doing it, let me tell you, He's not been honing it better now. God got it right first time. And he wonders if there's anybody who wants to do it again. Oh, God. He wonders if there's anyone who wants to do it again. time has flown and, and forgive me for that but we are going to make some space now to be led yes in song but 
you know, don't let that be a distraction to you. It's, it's your servant in this moment. We are formed as a community of the Spirit of God. And so as we begin to worship, please come. If you're, if you're part of God's family, take the cup. Return to your seat. But even as you're taking of this body and blood of Jesus, recognize you are the body of Christ. And even as Jesus, while he walked bodily on this earth, his spirit filled him. So also God is walking bodily upon this earth. That's us. And he wants his spirit to fill us. And so would you take the cup and then would you please, wherever you are, make this resolution and allow God to help you in it. I will be the body of Jesus today. Not individually, it can't be done. That's unscriptural nonsense. But with these other wonderful testimonies of grace, we will be the body of Christ this week. And please God, we will be filled with your spirit and with boldness and courage in this story of grace. So come and receive and then commit yourselves. God bless you and God fill you together in Jesus' name. Amen. Spirit break out Break our walls down Spirit break out Heaven come down Spirit break out break our walls down spirit break out heaven come
Thank you, Jesus. We're going to continue to be led in worship for the next little while. Just to say that the family's reception, that'll commence downstairs in 10 minutes. If, of course, you do need to go, then that's, of course, fine. But worship will continue to be led. And if you want to continue to seek what God is doing, and not just in your life, but in your community, amongst us as a church, then please do continue to do so. And, and if you're feeling a particular call from God, then we'd love to offer prayer for you again this morning. I'm going to ask the elders of the church to make themselves available. And if you're feeling a call to be, um, to, to an, a renewed commitment to community and to be a, a real facilitator, a catalyst of the commitment to community. If that's God's call on you this morning, then come and receive prayer. We'd love to pray for you, that you start to really see some transformative things happen around you as you are a catalyst for community. And also the other thing, I think, is if if you're feeling a real call from God to be a Peter or a John, uh, to have a particular um, equipping of God so that you would be an encourager, there's an awful lot that comes with being a Peter or a John. But if you're feeling that God is saying, yeah, that, that, that's something I want to do in you, then we want to pray with you this morning. So if you want to be a catalyst for a community, or if you want to really be an encourager in the mold of a Peter or a John, then we'd love to pray for you today. And I would love to invite you as the worship is led to come and we pray with you. Everyone else, feel free to stay, pray, worship, seek God. The... Uh, The family's reception will begin at quarter past. God bless you. We look forward to seeing what God will do amongst us. Amen.
Once again, it's been such a delight to be able to share together as a church this morning. And uh, we know uh, that taking what God has been doing in our lives, we can go and have wonderful weeks with him. Just to um, invite you um, to journey together with one another as we go through the week. We as a church, we don't just gather, but we get going into what God has for us together. And we have these things called transform communities. We would love to help you to connect with other like-minded people who are exploring God's goodness and grace and seeing how they can be a part of his transforming work in the world. So again, hit us up, get in touch. We'd love to help you to connect. Anything that you need, any prayer requests, do let us know. And we'll love to see you again this time next week. God bless you and bye for now.